The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. 3% of Generation Xers identify as vegan and a whopping 12% of millennials. So we are definitely moving in the right direction. But only 1% of baby boomers and beyond identify as vegan, and this is so sad because people over 50 really have the most to gain from making the switch. Sometimes you'll hear people say, yeah, I know it's the right thing to do, but I'm just too old. No, you're not, and our show today is to absolutely prove that we are going to talk about being an ageless vegan. I'm Victoria Moran, the host of this program. What a pleasure to have you with us today. This is a very special show because my guests are right here sitting on either side of me in my living room. So if you hear some stuff going on in the background, like the dog will come in from his walk and our adopted half-blind pigeon might coo or flap or something like that but you know what in the world of vegans that's what we have stuff is bubbling on the stove and the companion animals are being companion like and life is good my guests today oh my gosh i'm so excited about both of them are tracy mcwarder mph and her mother and co-author mary mcwarder you know tracy from her previous book, By Any Greens Necessary. Amazing recipes, an amazing introduction to being vegan, and also a real support for those of us who have done it for a long time. So this is a best-selling book, of course, and we're going to see that uh, Ageless Vegan is that way too. Tracy has been teaching people how and why to live a healthy vegan lifestyle for the past 25 years, and she and her mother this year are celebrating their 30-year vegan anniversary. There's so much here about Tracy. She can tell us some of her many accolades. We'll certainly put them all on the show notes at Main Street Vegan, but this is a woman to be reckoned with. And when you meet somebody like that, sometimes I think 
well, they must have had a pretty cool mother. And in this case, she absolutely did. Mary Davis McWhorter has been retired from the Covington and Burling Law Firm for 20 years and has been an active volunteer for more than 40 years, helping children, abused women, mentally ill adults, and families. She currently teaches quilting classes at her local senior wellness center, where she also takes exercise classes five days a week, at least twice a day. So that's why when she walked in today in her sleeveless dress, I said, I would have killed for your arms when I was 35. And Mary, I think, is not hiding the fact that she has celebrated her 81st birthday. Welcome, Tracy and Mary McWhorter. Thank Thank you. you. Great to be here. It's awesome to be here with you, Victoria. And so wonderful to have you. So give me just a little bit of background, family background, on how this all started. 30 years ago, not a lot of people were going vegan, Mm -hmm. and certainly not a lot of people, Mary, who were 50, were going vegan. What started it all? Well, my mother planted the first seeds because when we were growing up, um, she was health conscious. So we were omnivores, but um, we did not have a lot of junk food in the house. And we... um, You know, we had total cereal, we had skim milk, we had whole wheat bread, no um, sugar, you know, just not a lot of junk, no candy bowl. And so I hated it. (laughs) But when I was introduced to um, vegetarianism, um, my sophomore year at Amherst College by Dick Gregory, our Black Student Union brought him to, to talk about the state of Black America and instead he talked about the plate of Black America and how unhealthfully most folks eat. Um, that was my real introduction. So I already had a sense of that healthy eating was important. Um, but his talk that day just rocked my world. And it was from there that I decided to research for myself to see if what he was saying was true about why we should become um, vegetarian, plant-based, vegan, all of that. And called my mother, one of my sisters. We started researching it. And, you know, this is 10 years before the Internet. So you physically had to go to the library and read what books were there, go to lectures. And so we did that and decided we should go vegetarian. And that was um, starting in 86, 87. And what was your response when uh, Tracy came home with this information? Well, I wasn't really into going vegetarian, but at the time I had stopped eating pork, chicken, and uh, red meat. So, uh, but I still love fish. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, once we started reading uh, about what was happening with the fish and how unhealthy it was, so I gave up the fish. Was still eating and had given up all dairy except cheese. Yeah. And still yeah. eating cheese. So when I went to my doctor for my annual physical and I told him I had become vegetarian and he said, and was still eating cheese, so he said that cheese should have been the first thing because of the fat content. Uh huh. So it took me about a year and so I finally gave up the cheese. And that was fascinating. Crazy. You're the second person today that I've spoken with who said that fish was the hardest thing to give up. And last night I was actually talking with a chef who's involved with the Good Catch company that's Mm. making this tuna 
that has omega-3s in it and is supposedly going to take over for all these women <laughs> that think that they have to have, uh, have to have tuna to be thin and, and fit. I so wish this were TV because you guys are just such amazing examples of this lifestyle. So take us a little bit further. You heard Dick Gregory. Mm -hmm. You started on the path. Then what happened? Uh, and then I took my junior year away. I went to Kenya um, for a semester and then where I could not be vegetarian because I, um, when I applied, I wasn't vegetarian. So I had two incidents, um, incidences, two things that happened um, while I was there involving animals that made me know that I wouldn't eat them again when I got back home. And then when I came back home, I went to Howard University for the next semester and there was a very large um, black vegetarian and vegan community that had existed for at least um, 20 years that I, right near Howard that we immersed ourselves in. And I learned everything about how and why to be um, vegetarian. And that really, that community, that support is really what made the difference for me. And, um, you know, once I was able to let go of cheese about, it took about a year, um, I haven't looked back and decided eventually to make this my profession. My sister and I started blackvegetarians.com in 1996, 97. That was a, one of the earliest vegan websites and, and the first buy and for African Americans. And we were doing that in addition to our full-time careers. And for me personally, that kind of, I, I loved, I began to love that more than the museum work I was doing and decided to make teaching veganism my profession. Um, so that's, that's the story. Well, so that's <laughs> when you went for the MPH? Yeah, well, I, I've, I first started working with, with PCRM, um, volunteering with COK and, BS, and the Vegetarian Society of DC. So, um, and then eventually decided that I wanted to get a degree in it. But I, but I was already teaching, um, you know, vegan classes throughout the community just based on my own experience doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as I look at this new book, it's it's just so thrilling. And, and you're so reaching out to an audience that needs it so mm -hmm. much. So many people, you know, you run into them and you say, well, my daughter went vegan. Mm -hmm. My son is vegan. And it's sort of like, yes, and mm -hmm. <laughs> what <Right>. about you? <laughs> and so now the Ageless Vegan, the secret to living a long and healthy plant-based life is there. And of course, it's a great book if you're 18. If mm -hmm. you're 25, because the food is wonderful, the recipes are wonderful, and you just want to feel like you're 25, 50 years from now. So exactly. all is, is well there. <laughs> but what gave you the idea for this book? While we were approaching, 2018 is, the, is our 30th vegan anniversary year. And so uh, we were approaching that year as I was thinking about what the second book would be. Um, and so I thought, well, why not celebrate that? And talk about it from the perspective of being 50, being vegan from 20 to 50 for myself. And then my mom being vegan from 50 to 80, because, um, Victoria, I think you were the first or one of the first, um, to, to start writing from that perspective for, from having done it for about two to three decades. There are not a lot of us, you know, who are writing books about it. And so I wanted to join you and join, uh, you know, these few other folks who are writing about it from having crossed that bridge and, and having that perspective. Because probably, as you know, once you've been doing it this long, it becomes not a destination. You're not as focused on food and what you can and cannot eat. It just becomes a window and a path 
and it opens up so many other things. And so Absolutely. this is, yeah. yeah. And so this is a perspective that I wanted to bring and I wanted folks to hear my mom's voice as well. Oh, that's wonderful. So Mary, you were 50 when you made this change. Did it seem like you were doing it at a late date? How, how did you feel making the change at that age? Oh, I didn't think about it as being an age thing. I was doing it because I wanted to preserve my health. I had a, um, a brother, I was 47 at the time, and he died of a heart attack. And also a couple of my cousins in their 50s, uh, early 50s. And I was reading that uh, red meat contribute to heart disease. So I said, well, maybe I should stop eating that. And when Tracy uh, was talking about it, and we were discussing and reading about the benefit of, of uh, being vegetarian and vegan, and I wanted to remain a healthy person. So it wasn't that once I decided and made up in my mind that's what I want to do, then uh, it wasn't that difficult because of the other things that I had already stopped eating. Right, because you were already health conscious, yes, which yes. was not real common then. I mean, it was a little bit. There were some kind of non-vegetarian health people, mm -hmm. Adele Davis, mm -hmm. people like that, Gaylord Hauser. But for for me, as, as for you, Dick Gregory just blew it out of the park. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did not pull any punches. And whenever he learned something new and he'd come through your town the next year, he'd give you all the new stuff. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. So as you think back uh, to Dick Gregory, Tracy, what, what did he say? What was it from him? Give me the essence, especially <laughs> for people who, who, who weren't, Around Run when around he was then. doing a, a lot of speaking, and of course now we've lost, lost him, rest his soul. Yeah. But um, what was his message, if you could put it in a capsule? Well, he he basically was talking about food from what we now call inter, uh, um, a lens of intersectionality. So he was talking about the economics, the politics, the culture of food, and and basically why it was imperative for um, folks to eat healthy, not just for us, not just personally, but for animals, for the planet, for our communities, to be activists, to have longevity in the in the organizing and resisting that we were doing. And he became vegetarian because of his practice of nonviolence during the civil rights movement. So his was compassion towards animals. And then because of Alvinia Fulton, he, he, he evolved into health. Um, and so he was talking about all of these things and that I had never heard of before. And I was going through a paradigm shift, learning about all of these things myself. And so I was right to hear that message. And he traced the path of a hamburger from a cow on a factory farm through the slaughterhouse process to a clogged artery to a heart attack. And that really graphically is just, just stopped me cold. And I was eating hamburgers, hot dogs, pizzas, French fries almost every day. And so, and I had gained 25 pounds my freshman year. So I was on that path. So it, I was just ready to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a legacy. And Alvinia Fulton, for those of you who aren't aware, 
was an amazing naturopathic doctor who had a shop called Fultonia on the south side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And the story goes, at least the legend goes, that Dick Gregory, when he was a very obese comedian, mm -hmm. wandered into Fultonia one day, and Dr. Fulton was like, have I got plans for you? <laughs> exactly. And I love this idea of mentoring, mm -hmm. because he was a mentor to us, but she was a mentor to him, exactly. as was Dr. King, and you know, who brought him the nonviolence, and mm -hmm. then Gandhi was a mentor to Dr. Okay. King. It's mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. So uh, when people say, oh, don't talk so much about being vegan, keep talking because you don't know who <laughs> you're, you're mentoring. So before we get so much into ageless vegan, I want to talk about vegan for all ages. And I want to talk to you about the African-American perspective mm -hmm. and what's happened in the African-American community food wise and health wise. What's getting better? What? is still a problem that needs attention. Right, and so there, there are now an estimated um, one and a half million black vegans and vegetarians, and an estimated 35% who eat meatless meals on a regular basis and when they go out. So that's what I start with, right? That um, it's, there is, there has always, there are vegans and vegetarians, there have always been, there's always been that stream, and then of course, Seventh-day Adventists, who, who are primarily plant-based, have um, a large, um, many of the practitioners are African-American and are eating that way. So this is already what we do. And you know we have the uh, free African-American Vegan Starter Guide. Um, and um, what I... What I do with that is actually focus on black perspectives. So I have 11 other collaborators, some who have been lifelong vegans, who talk about different aspects of veganism from a black perspective, how to socialize, what to eat, how to um, handle family reunions, what to say to grandma when she asks why you're not eating her mac and cheese um, or her collard greens with meat in them. So uh, for me, I always come with that from a place of abundance and centrality and history. So yes, we have the worst health statistics and experiences in the country from diet-related diseases. That's a serious problem. We need to talk about it because there are lots of reasons for that. Um, economic reasons, personal reasons, um, issues of food deserts, all of that that Dick Gregory was talking about um, 30 years ago at my college. Um, and with that, we have the power to take back control by changing what we eat. And so for me, I'm always looking at it as we are going to continue and expand this movement. It's so exciting. <laughs> it really, truly is. So who was the first cook? Mary, did you teach Tracy to cook or was it the other way around? Oh, no. I, I taught them to cook uh, as, as they were growing up. And had they, how many were there? Three. I have three, three. daughters. Okay. Well, three I'm daughters. <laughs> and three granddaughters. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, so I was working and I was uh, a single mother, so they learned early to help me out. <laughs> and then what changed as you became vegan and evolved in this lifestyle, what changed about the way you cooked? Oh, I, um, I had to learn how to... Um, Season food. Mm. Yes, um, I, I I remember the first time 
I mean, vegetables weren't that hard, but you know, you just, I ate tofu for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bland, you know, and I said, I don't like this. How am I going to season? But then I started using the same type of season that I used when I was cooking meat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so after that, I started experimenting with different herbs and spices. Yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. such a difference. Yeah. And, um, then I had to learn, you know, on bacon and what to use instead of uh, dairy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but, and sugar, I'm addicted to sugar, so I don't use white sugar. So mm -hmm. I had to substitute different things. And most of the stuff that I was doing at the time was using fruits and date to yes. cakes. I'm not cakes, because I never uh, learned how to make uh, cakes. <laughs> Bake a cake with whole grains. Well, some, grain, sometimes yeah. it's just good not, not to know that. It's funny that you, you brought up sugar, and we've been talking about Dick Gregory, because you probably remember him saying this, too. And he'd stand up with this great, booming voice. In addition to being a wonderful comedian, he was such an orator. And he would say, there are two substances that are killing this country. They are both white. They are both deadly. One is heroin, and the other is white sugar. And I'm just sitting there thinking, <laughs> I had some yesterday. <laughs> yeah, he was he was serious, serious business, really, really powerful. Very much so. Mm -hmm. So you guys have a cookbook here, and I know, uh, Tracy, your earlier book, uh, By Any Greens Necessary, and that's also your Facebook page, your Twitter is by any greens. Your Instagram is by any greens. So mm -hmm. that's you. you mm -hmm. You've got that down. And now we've moved into Ageless Vegan, which has wonderful information as well as extraordinary recipes. And in all honesty, these photographs are worth the price of the book. Who's your photographer? Thank you. The fantastic Kate Lewis is our photographer. And, and uh, she did a wonderful job and gorgeous food photography and the lifestyle photos um, are by Dolores Holloway. Oh, well, mm -hmm. they're beautiful and the two authors are beautiful. So it's no wonder Thank that you. the pictures of you guys are <laughs> so impressive. So the thing that I found really mm -hmm. fascinating about this book is it's not just a lot of good recipes or mm -hmm. even a lot of good healthy recipes. You get very specific with what certain foods can do for somebody who's looking for longevity or, or adding more mm -hmm. life to their years. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just start here as we are uh, coming into the last five minutes or so of our first segment on some of these superfoods. I know one that you love is berries. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start with that? Sure. Any dark berries. Those are, the, those are foods that you um, can have every day. And I'm talking about blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, um, passion fruit, pitaya, any of these um, dark berries. And you need to um, really, I mean, most people have them in smoothies um, and that's great, but consider throwing them in your salads, consider um, just eating them fresh. It's a really good idea to have about a cup of berries every single day or uh, one and a half cups a couple of times uh, a week. And um, the health is in the hue. And so what you want to do, yeah, that's one of our fab, fab, um, five fab food rules. Health is in the hue. You want to have a rainbow on your plate. And berries 
you know, do that naturally. And the nutrients are in the berries. They can help you improve um, your mental ability as you get older and help to decrease cognitive decline. Studies show for women, you can decrease your cognitive decline by two and a half years just from eating a cup and a half of berries a few times a week. So definitely that's number one. And then we have common foods like carrots. We have um, uh, rosemary. We have thyme. We have uh, um, dark leafy greens. So things that you're already eating that you may not consider superfoods. These are foods that are going to help your health and longevity. And we tell you exactly how, and then we incorporate them in our recipes. Well, it's so exciting. And then it adds so much flavor, too. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I used to hardly use any spices. You know, I'd have a quarter teaspoon of poultry seasoning when I was making some kind of loaf and wouldn't do it again mm-hmm. till next Thanksgiving. <laughs> and now, I mean, I'm just going through spices like crazy. Mm-hmm. But I do want to ask you on the berries in terms of the intersectionality and making this available for as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Berries are expensive. And they, we always read that at least strawberries are on that list of most sprayed. I was looking right. the other day and the other berries aren't on there. So maybe we don't need to be so concerned about organic. But do you have some tips for how people on a budget can afford berries? Yes, um, you definitely want to. If you can't, if they're unaffordable or unavailable, fresh, then eat them frozen. And you can get frozen berries. Um, you can get mixed berries. They between two and three dollars for a pack, and eat them a few times a day. So fresh is obviously best. Organic, if you're able to get it, if it's affordable. But frozen are fine as well. Um, so definitely, I encourage people to eat them in the way that that makes most sense to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just gotten so excited about wild blueberries. Yeah. I, I know if you cut them, they're blue <laughs> all the way through. Right. And that exactly. cute thing is going on. Right. Right. <laughs> With those wild blueberries and they're cheaper than fresh berries. Exactly. And if you get them at Trader Joe's, they're really cheap. I yeah. don't work for Trader Joe's. I just shop there sometimes. <laughs> right. And you, and you can, you know, wherever you shop, Costco, Costco I mean, wherever has Costco has yeah. big, Big bags of blueberries. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So yeah. Costco, do you have to join that? Do you have to have a membership? I think you do. Yeah, or you do. I, well, we know what stores are in DC. I don't know what the corner stores or what the neighborhood stores are in New York. Or even though I lived here a while, um, I don't. I, that was a long time ago. But check your stores and see if they have frozen berries. And if they don't, ask them. To, right. To, and uh, also, we're we're in high summer now, so. If you can go to a pick-your-own orchard, that's so magical. There's something about touching that food as it's coming up and popping it into your. We've done that for several summers. It's fantastic. You're right. And also during the summer, I I go to the farmers markets. Yes. How are the prices down in DC at farmers markets? Here in New York, they are expensive. Well, they're pretty good actually. uh, I do most of my uh, vegetables. And they are comfortable even cheaper than, than in the in the stores. stores like Wonderful. Yeah. 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 And completely fresh. There's yeah, just absolutely. something about that fresh liveliness. You know, we talk in yoga about prana, that life force energy that mm-hmm. they're not able to measure in a laboratory. But you can sure tell if you've got it. And I just have to tell you, listeners, I am sitting here between these two women who just have it going on. And when we come <laughs> back after these messages, we are going to get into some serious instructions 
for exactly what we all need to be doing every single day to be sure that as time goes by, we're not just kind of old, tired, long-time vegans, but we really are beautiful, energetic, ageless vegans. Stay with us. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm living a life I never intended to create? What life did you intend to create? Did you set goals? Did you work toward reaching those goals? If we don't have a specific goal in mind or we don't know where we want to go, we may be likely to end up in places not of our choosing. Establishing goals along with guidelines on how to achieve them helps to keep us focused and energized and often makes our lives more interesting, useful, and successful. It's never too late to take control of your life. Once you have your purpose clearly in mind, explore the various ways you can make it happen and visualize the process you believe can work best. Set goals, do what it takes to accomplish them, and enjoy your process. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Take time out for you and join other like-minded souls looking to build their connection to spirit with the Unity at Sea Cruise in 2019. Experience a spiritual retreat at sea as you participate in a special program designed to help you on your individual journey of self-discovery. Deepen and explore your spiritual growth with Unity ministers and presenters as you enjoy exotic Caribbean ports of call. For all the details, go to unity.org slash unity at sea now to make a deposit by January 30th and save $100. If you've been thinking of going vegan or you have been following a vegan lifestyle for years, the Main Street Vegan Academy Cookbook will become your go-to resource. Victoria Moran, J.L. Fields, and certified vegan lifestyle coaches will show you how easy and delicious it can be to go vegan. With over 100 plant-based recipes, you'll never get bored, and the book is packed with tips and strategies to transform your cooking and your life. Available now at Amazon.com or your local bookstore. Would you like to experience more peace and joy in your life through A Course in Miracles? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley support you in discovering the powerful life lessons available through this unique spiritual thought system that teaches the way to love and peace is through forgiveness. Join Jennifer every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk, to experience the healing for yourself on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. 
Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back, everybody. I am here with Tracy McWhorter, MPH, and her magnificent mother, Mary McWhorter. And I do just want to read a little bit more of Tracy's intro. There is so much here. And if you don't yet know the work of this incredible nutrition powerhouse, you need to know it. Tracy directed the nation's first federally funded vegan nutrition program and was a nutrition advisor for the Black Women's Health Imperative. As an adjunct professor at the University of the District of Columbia, Tracy designed and taught a plant-based nutrition curriculum for the District of Columbia public school system to help prevent and reverse childhood obesity in Washington, D.C. She is a co-founder of the We Feed People and the Community Support Network and advisory board member of Coalition for Healthy School Food, Black Vegans Rock, Plant Pure Nation Foundation, and Hip Hop is Green. Her work has been featured in the New York Times, the Washington Post, Essence, Bon Appetit, Ebony, Veg News, the Huffington Post, Black Enterprise, and more. And she is a graduate of the Sidwell Friends School, Amherst College, and New York University where she received that master's degree in public health nutrition. So, Tracy, maybe you'll decide to become a little more energetic and get out there and do more stuff before long. Wow, what a resume, and you're just getting started. What an honor to to have you as a friend and, and a guest on the program. Thank you. So let's give some real, workable, mm-hmm. useful information that our listeners can use before their copy of Ageless Vegan, The Secret to Living a Long and Healthy Plant-Based Life arrives or before they can get out to their local bookstore. So you divide up these these special foods into ageless antioxidants, brain boosters, health is in the hue, which we talked about, longevity lover, protein dream, so why do we need all these other things as we're growing <laughs> older? Why can't we just kind of eat some rice and beans and get on with it? Well, we see the results um, when we're not um, when we're not especially conscious eaters. Most people think that decline and deterioration are normal um, when in fact we should be maintaining or improving our health as we get older. And the way to do that is to eat foods that are whole foods and plant-based, primarily or all. And so um, you see the difference when you start to eat these foods at whatever age you choose. And so these are foods that you're already eating, you know, as we talked about. Longevity lover means foods that can help prolong your your health. And that's fiber-packed foods, um, dark leafy greens in particular. Protein dream means um, just that. First of all, all plant-based foods have protein in them in varying amounts, but that includes certain grains like uh, quinoa, um, lots of nuts, um, seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, walnuts, cashews, almonds, um, all of all of the uh, beans, especially all kinds of beans. Whether or not you want to do soybean is not an issue. Um, and so, and and we talked about health is in the hue. And that simply means that you want to have a rainbow on your plate. You don't want your food to just be tan and brown and white. You want to have bright colors as much as possible, at least three to five at every meal. Um, And so 
with each of these recipes at the bottom of the page, we tell you each of which, you know, um, we have an icon that tells you whether they're especially healthy for um, boosting your brain, uh, your brain power for longevity, for health is in the hue, um, eating colorful antioxidant rich foods. So um, that's a bonus that you get with each of these already healthy recipes. Well, I love this bonus. And I've told this story before on this show. But there was a movie back in the 1950s called Bell, Book, and Candle. And it was about modern-day witches. And one of them was Kim Novak, and she fell in love with a mortal. And in this movie, if you were a witch who fell in love with a mortal, you lost your powers. Mm. And so she got her aunt Queenie a lovely scarf for Christmas. And Aunt Queenie pulled it out of the box and said, Oh... What does it do? And Kim Novak said, it makes you look ravishing. And Aunt Queenie says, oh. So if these wonderful <laughs> recipes were just delicious and amazing, I'd be okay with them. And I'd still cook from them because they are so good. But the fact that you have given me magical stuff at the bottom, where I know, for example, that Mary's Daily Green Smoothie is going to give me antioxidants. It's a brain booster. It's a longevity lover. It's going to help me have smooth skin and strong bones and a vision mission. Well, I got to tell you, I'm making that one every morning. <laughs> so is, is that something that you have, Mary, really often, the green smoothie? Oh, yes. I have a green smoothie almost every day. Wow. Yeah, I get up at uh, uh, 6 o'clock, uh, between 6 and 6.30, every, every, at least five days a week, Monday through Friday, and I immediately drink a glass of water, maybe with some lemon, and then I'll make my green smoothie. And later on, I'll eat some oatmeal, then I'm off to the senior center for wow. exercise classes. <laughs> you, you just must blow everybody out of the water. I just can't even... Oh, you have inspired me so much already. My whole life is going to change. <laughs> you're already doing it. Well, you're, you're you know, the, it's just we learn MVP. from each other, as we said. <laughs> so you have a lot of wonderful smoothies in here. Mm -hmm. So just tell me what you like about a smoothie. What makes that a special thing for you? Right. I love smoothies. We have a mango lassi smoothie. We have, in addition to green smoothies, beet berry smoothies. And for me, they're, um, they're raw they're a way to get fruits and vegetables in the morning to get to give you an energy boost. They're a great way to get fiber and um, an excellent way to get fiber. Actually, they're great to have every day. You can have you can um, drop in some nuts um, and seeds in there as well. Um, some hemp protein powder, which is just ground hemp seeds. Um, so there's so there. They're really like a complete meal in liquid form. Um, we also have a sunrise smoothie bowl that does the same thing, but you eat it as a soup. So, uh, you know, it's just a great quick breakfast. Yeah, and you mm -hmm. can put so many wonderful things in there. Absolutely. If you happen to have some kind of barley grass powder or mm -hmm. something, you just stick it in the smoothie. Yeah. You don't even necessarily know it's there. I'm a big fan. Now, some people aren't. Mm -hmm. Have you run into people who say you shouldn't be blending your food up because it digest too quickly or I don't know something or other yes I, I I actually have and what I what I tell people is that it's something that you can sip on throughout the day so if you're making something and it and it makes two cups 
you don't want to gulp it down. You know, I use a straw and I just sip mm -hmm. while I'm working in the morning. And within an hour or two, I will have, you know, um, finished it. But you, but if you, if you sip it, if you gulp it down, then it can, depending on how much fruit you have in it, you know, you can feel a sugar rush and you don't want to feel that. So um, I now have more greens than fruit, but I, it took me a while to build up to that. Sure. Right. Um, and so I don't get the sugar rush, but you don't want to gulp it down like you're chugging a soda. Mm -hmm. You know, you just kind of want to sip and savor. And what are some of your favorite breakfast foods and recipes for breakfast from the book if you're not having a smoothie? <laughs> so you can have, so oatmeal I have almost every day regardless of the season with chopped uh, fruit and chopped nuts. I just love that. And um, something else that we have in there is the is the chia berry breakfast pudding and that you can make in advance you can make four or five jars and it's just like having a, a delicious fruit pudding in the morning it's really easy you can just grab it and go um and then um of course we have french toast that you can have for sunday brunch um and you know have a good um heartier meal have it with with friends and family. So, you know, we, we do tofu scramble, hash browns and all that stuff, but it's so common um, that we we wanted to, to challenge ourselves to come up with something a little more unique. Yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I think breakfast is the hardest meal for new vegans. Yeah. And it's also the hardest meal to eat out. Yeah. Because right. even mm -hmm. if you like oatmeal, chances are restaurant oatmeal is not going to be the best. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And and also, you know, folks just can eat a huge bowl of, of fruit with chopped nuts and chopped coconut on top. I mean, that is super filling and um, really good for your digestion in the morning. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think if you just learn to kind of keep a little bag of nuts in your bag, mm -hmm. because it just gives you a little bit of staying power. And I love that people used to say, from soup to nuts, you know, right. kind of from beginning to end. Well, I don't know that anybody really ends with nuts anymore, but, <laughs> but why not? Especially exactly. for people who are trying to cut down on sweets. Mm -hmm. You know, it's rich and it's kind of dessert-like. So that's all wonderful. So how about people having to pack the proverbial brown bag? You're going to work. What are we going to eat? Who wants to take that? Do you want me to? Or you want oh. us to go? Okay. Uh, on the days that I teach uh, quilting, I'm there uh, during my lunch hour. So I usually take lunch. And sometimes I would take chickpeas with kale salad in a bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, another time, I, there's a, uh, I will take a bean burger with uh, kale as my, instead of lettuce and, and eat that. And sometimes I make a big fruit bowl like that. <laughs> So it's not that really hard to do. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I take the food that I don't have to heat because yeah. I don't use the microwave. Yeah, I don't either. Why don't you? Uh, well, I think I read that it is the, 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 the rays from, from the microwave are harmful to you. So. You know, I, I've read so many things that say, oh, that's not true. That's just a myth. But just... Psychically, yeah, exactly. Uh, there, a young woman is going to be here when uh, we're out of town to look after things, and I was just showing her around the apartment, and I said, "That's the microwave; it's built in. I don't use it." And she said, "I don't either." <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I don't either. It's there. What can you know? 
But what I can do you have do? a toaster oven that I use since it's only me. Yeah, <laughs> toaster <laughs> ovens are, are a wonderful right, invention. Exactly. Yeah. And then when you're entertaining family, I know mm-hmm. when we were talking earlier, you both said that even though it's what, two of the three daughters or all three are vegan? Two of two. the three. Two or mm-hmm. three of the three, but that other family members in the beginning gave you a hard time. How did you deal with that? Oh, that that's what was mostly my uh, brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would always tease us, or why are you eating that? Don't you want some chicken? And, you know. But as the years went on, we don't have that problem anymore. Yeah. We have a big thing, family Thanksgiving every every Thanksgiving, and you know. So we bring we, we started out bringing vegan food, which we still do, and people eat our food. Too, yeah. So it's yeah. no problem. Yeah. It always works out. I think if you just stick to your guns in 30 yeah. years, I yeah. mean, you guys ought to get some kind of medal for that. <laughs> we, we three should. <laughs> because it, it wasn't, you know, people, you know, even nowadays, yeah. th- there are some challenges if you're out driving on an interstate or something. But when, when you started, when I started, there wasn't non-dairy milk. It, you could buy it in powder at certain health food stores and mix it up if you had a blender, which a lot of people <laughs> didn't have. So it was mm-hmm. simpler, mm-hmm. but a lot more difficult. Right. So that's the thing. I think it was, I think it's easier to be a vegan now because there are so many vegan processed convenient, convenience products, right? But it's, it's harder to be a healthier vegan now. Yes. So it was harder back in the day. Um, when we started, but it was easier to be healthier because it was easy to be healthy, period, because you were mostly cooking from scratch, mm-hmm. right? And the cheeses, the vegan cheeses back then, in my opinion, that well, they were very few, but they tasted like Play-Doh. They didn't melt. I mean, so, you know, when you gave up cheese, you gave up cheese. And so it was just easier to eat more whole foods back then. And so that's, that to me is a good thing about one of the great things about having started so early because it was so much easier to eat healthy food. You would grow your own food. You had community supported agriculture. You had food co-ops. This is before Whole Foods was on the East Coast anyway. Um, and so you, there were local stores and local community places where you shopped and you in farmers markets and you could get the food. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it's easier now, but it's also a little more challenging to be healthy Mm -hmm. as a vegan. So what about the idea? I mean, I know some people who are just in this for health and they prefer the term plant-based and I know some people who are just in this for animals or animals in the environment Mm -hmm. and they don't think health should even be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe I'm just too much of a connector, but I just want us all to be in this together and we can have our own ways of seeing things. Right. But let's just all band together, at least under the umbrella of we don't eat death and we can disagree about other stuff. So where do you come down on all I, that? I, I'm like you, I completely agree. When and where people enter, veganism is always going to be different. There, you know, We used to say it's, it's health or animals or the environment, but it's more than that, right? It's spirituality. Um, it's, it can be an acute um, uh, crisis that you have and then you decide you know, that you are more into animals and animal rights, right? For me, um, it was kind of circular. It was, it was 
politics, it was health, it was animals. And 10 years in, that's when I uh, decided to stop wearing animals. Um, and I decided to stop uh, using animals for entertainment, like going to zoos and circuses. So, um, but that was an evolution for me, right? And so for 20 years, I've been this full circle kind of vegan, but I didn't enter that way. And it's no, and it was no less valid. It's just where I entered. And so, and then it became about spirituality for me and seeking. So it opened meditation, um, it opened yoga and other things. So I, yeah, I'm with you. I think when and where people enter is personal, um, it's political, it's social, it's spiritual, it's health, it's animal rights. All of that is important. All of that is is valid and it also evolves the longer that you do it. I don't know anyone who is the same as when they started if they've been doing it two to three decades. So you have to be open to to your own personal evolution in it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the old quiz show, you know, what's behind door number three? Right. <laughs> what's behind door B? Uh, it just so much. I think yeah. people discover things that they never really expected. So your book is about being ageless. So let's talk about some of the problems that people run into when they get a little bit older. I think we all realize that when people get into their 50s and certainly their 60s and, and 70s, they start using a lot of medications. Mm -hmm. And and maybe some of this is absolutely necessary. I'm certainly not saying that it isn't. And yet most of the older vegans that I know aren't on medication and are just really doing better. Is that what you see, Mary, with yourself and the people that you know in your age group? Yes, I, I don't take any medicine at all. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Well, yes. I'm, I'm sitting close to this one. See, I thought I was doing good at 68 with no medicines, but you're 81. Yeah, and um, I was having these, these headaches, you know, so I went and hit the MRI. So they looked at my brain and everything, and then the uh, neurologist, Tracy was there mm -hmm. and he told me I had a brain of a 50-year-old. Oh, <laughs> oh, a smart 50-year-old, too. <laughs> yeah, they didn't mm -hmm. find anything, you know. So I'm not, I'm not on anything. Oh, that's wonderful. Right oh, now. goodness. And I say, you know, there are no guarantees, but I would try to eat as healthy as I can and to uh, prolong my life to be as healthy as I can. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Because it's one thing to live a long time, but it's another thing to live a long time and have the last 20 or 30 years in some kind of confinement. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we want to have long life and lively life. So a couple of the things that people start to look at as they get a little bit older, even in the 40s, you know, particularly men but women too, the cholesterol starts to creep up. Mm -hmm. So Tracy... MPH, what do we do about that? <laughs> well, the first thing that you want to do is to um, reduce, start reducing and um, be on a path to stop eating food that is high in cholesterol, right? That, that helps produce uh, cholesterol. So um, 
that's plant-based foods. And the good thing about it, you know, in knowing that more plant-based foods can help reduce your cholesterol levels is that it will, it's, it's not a one shot deal, right? You will also reduce your blood pressure. You will also, um, probably lose weight if you're eating, um, uh, whole food plant-based diet. And so you're able to deal with, uh, diabetes, pre-diabetes, stroke, um, uh, certain cancers, particularly for men, uh, prostate cancer, the, the less dairy that you eat. Um, and for women, it can be breast cancer. Um, the more, uh, soy products that you eat, the fewer, um, white flour products, less sugar can increase your longevity, reduce your risk for stroke and for heart disease. So, you know, we kind of talk about these individual things that happen, but it's the same diet for all of them. Plant-based foods are the healthiest foods that we know to eat. And so the more of them you eat, the healthier you're going to be across the board. So I want to just jump on the soy word yeah. because I know that some people heard that and you were saying breast cancer, eat more soy. And I think somebody probably said, what, what? Because mm -hmm. I'm told breast cancer, don't eat soy. Right. So what's the latest on that? Well, the latest research is it's consistent. I mean, it basically shows that women who um, eat soy products, and by that I'm talking about the actual soybean, or I'm talking about tempeh, miso, edamame, and tofu. I'm not talking about soy pepperoni. I'm not talking about soy cheese. I'm not talking about soy ice cream. I'm not even talking about soy milk. But I'm talking about eating um, the foods that people have been eating um, in other countries for millennia, and not as a replacement for a pork chop and a steak, but as a condiment, right? With, the, with most of the food on the plate being whole grains and vegetables. So eating that can, um, has, has been shown to decrease your risk for breast cancer or if you have breast cancer, to increase how long you uh, are able to live. And I encourage people to um, check out nutritionfacts.org, Dr. Michael Greger, who's a good friend of both of ours, um, uh, and to just to plug in soy and breast cancer and find out what the latest nutrition information is saying because he is the he is the one who um, is keeping on top of the research that comes out on this topic and many others. But that's what the latest research shows. But if you don't want to eat soy, it's one it's one bean in the queendom of beans, <laughs> so you don't have to eat it. Okay, got that. And how about, I just have to ask, because you guys are so beautiful, what do you think this way of eating and living does for the cosmetic aspects of moving into the later years? Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone at the book signing uh, last night, someone came up to me and asked me, what do I put on my face? Uh, what what kind of cosmetics? I said, well, I don't use anything. And she said, my skin was beautiful, so I guess it's the food that I eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think nourishing it from the inside yeah. out mm -hmm. means a lot. Mm -hmm. And how about you, Tracy? Just overall? Um, yeah, overall, I would say it's the colorful foods. It's the dark leafy greens. We try to eat them two to three times a day. And I will say that you know when I became vegan. Um, 
I had I had oil I have oily skin and it's great now that I'm 50 plus right but growing up it meant that I had a lot of pimples and clogged pores and even going vegan it didn't clear up until I started a cleanse I went on a 14 day cleanse I was doing mostly um, dark leafy greens and smoothies and juices and all raw and that's when uh, it cleansed from the inside out right and so now when I know that I'm stressed um, when, you know, we're, when I've, I've been eating out a lot, um, for various reasons, when I want to go back to, um, to feeling, uh, healthier and clean inside and cleaning up my skin, um, from wrinkles and stress and maybe a pimple or two that pop up, then I go to dark leafy greens and, and raw food, particularly dandelion greens and wheatgrass. Those are my elixirs. After two to three days of, of consuming those three times a day, so my skin is glowing from the inside out. You heard it here. <laughs> and you've got a wonderful dandelion greens and lemon drink yes. in the book, mm -hmm. which is actually tasty. Yeah. You know, there's something about lemon with greens. Mm -hmm. yes. It just takes the grassiness away and makes it like lemonade. Right, exactly. When life gives you greens, make lemonade. Make lemonade. <laughs> So everybody, the book is Ageless Vegan, The Secret to Living a Long and Healthy Plant-Based Life. Uh, is the website up yet, agelessvegan.com? Yes. Okay. They can just go to agelessvegan.com and it leads them to everything that they need to know. Wonderful. So you want to be ageless. Thank you for that. <laughs> you want to be beautiful. You want to be at the center of intersectionality and doing the seriously right thing. Well, one way you can start is by reading this book, listening to these amazing women, and um, just changing maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. And 10 years from now, 20 years from now, things will still be terrific. I'm Victoria Moran at MainStreetVegan.net. Please sign up there where it says, want to be a Main Street Vegan? And then you'll get in on all the stuff that not everybody knows. You can also follow us at Main Street Vegan on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And all the information about Tracy and Mary McWhorter and where you can find them online will be on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. Thanks to our lovely guests. Thanks to you for listening. And thanks to Unity Online Radio for hosting this program. God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.